Doctor. Doctor, where are we? Well, we're in the past. Are there any, are there any monsters we have to fight? Only one. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brendan, and my second and equal co-host. When you say co, it doesn't seem as equal when you say co-host. The other host. The other host. What, so I'm the other host now? I'm just the other? Oh, God. Do people not come to this for me? Ryan. <laughs> yes, you have Brendan and Ryan. That's me. We're going in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. But uh, by first name, not by second name. Because if we're going by second name, I'd come first. L-M-N-O-P. I'm O. Ah, bastard. You really are, though. I'm not. It's, a, it's an O. It's an O. <laughs> it's an O from me. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to sort out the alphabet, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's not why I'm... That's next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, I doubt it. Oh, that's going to be a boring one. So we start with A. <laughs> and you'll never guess what's next. I can do the whole alphabet backwards. Can you? Yeah. Wow, do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, no, I actually can't. Why did I say this? <laughs> Z-Y-W-X... No, yeah, sorry. Z-Y-W-X-U-T-S-O-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J... I H G F E D C B A. Done. Okay, no, but seriously, today's episode isn't about the alphabet. Today's episode is about my favorite, well, second favorite TV program of all time, Doctor Who. It is probably my second favorite as well, but my most closest to my heart. You know? I am the same. What is your favorite? Favorite TV show. Uh. I actually would have to say Daredevil. Daredevil really, really won me over. Daredevil is a spectacular show, I would agree. But Doctor Who is today. And where do you want to kick off the discussion, Brendan? Uh, well, kick it off from the start of the new series. Yes, we're going to deal with the revived series today. Not the classic series, unfortunately. Um, that'll be another day's work. That's like, what? Thir no, not 30 years. No, yeah, 30 years almost to get through. 63 to 89, so... I'm not good at maths, so it's not for me to do. 26. Yes. So, uh, we kick off with the first series, um, revived in 2005 by the incomparable Russell T. Davis. Ah, legend. Um, and the amazing and wonderful Christopher Eccleston, and the adequate Billy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I feel. Um, so, kicking off with series one, what are some of your favourite episodes from series one, Brendan? Uh, I'm really bad with episode titles. I I can help with there. I know every single episode title. I I really like the pilot. Uh, Rose. Rose. Yes. Um, which features the autons. Autons. Yeah. Autons. Yeah. And the nesting consciousness. That's fucking weird. Uh, I. I think that's my favorite. I do have a soft spot for, um. The one that's set with the gas masks. What's that one? The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances. Yeah, I think that's my favourite one from Series 1. That's, series 1 is definitely, um, I'd argue, the third strongest series of the bunch. Yeah, I think I, re um, I really... I think the Doctor in, in Series 1 is so powerful, especially in The Empty Child, because he's like... He's like, no more deaths. You know what I mean? You know that line? Yeah, well, he's dealt with so much death in the Time War. It's understandable. Like, his arc in that whole series is trying to become a better person because of that, you know? Trying to deal with that trauma and just growing from that and trying to move on, in a sense. Mm. Um, but Series 1 does have some phenomenal episodes. Um, there's uh, two 
that I th- like uh, the Empty Child of the Doctor Dances is without a doubt one of the best written stories of the series. Um, I think the best episode of the series that has to be Dalek. Yeah, that episode has some of the most incredible writing on the show. Like seriously, like it, it brings up issues that the show deals with nearly ten years on, which is you know there's one line where um, uh, the Doctor is like shouting at the Dalek, saying, "Oh, your 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 life is pointless now. You've nothing to live for. You should just die." And then the Dalek's like, "You would make a good Dalek." It's like boom! Oh, just that. The Doctor is the very thing he swore to destroy, uh, or rather, did destroy, because he destroyed all of them except this one Dalek. Or so we think until the end of the series when the Emperor comes back with his whole weird mutant Dalek things. Um, oh, yeah, that was. <sighs> but I always, uh, I I've always been fond of the Unquiet Dead, uh, Charles Dickens one. Oh yeah. Um, I just feel like that's a really it's it's a nice, it's a simple story. With the ghosts really, and the lamps. Yeah. But it's it's a really beautiful story. I just like seeing the Doctor fan out over Charles Dickens is just something I love so much. Um, and uh, Gwyneth Gwyneth is a fantastic addition. Which then you know they bring her back for Torchwood as Gwen, uh, which is wonderful. Um, but that story I feel is overlooked. Uh, that and uh, one of my other personal favorites, Boomtown. Uh, it was the just before because usually just before the finale of a Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who there's always like one. Um, like softer episode that's just that's more fun and yeah. playful than anything else it's where um you have uh the doctor jack uh rose and mickey all in cardiff just chilling while the tardis soaks up energy oh the, yeah and then one of the slitheen is there as the prime minister of wales fuck yes um, i remember this episode i i thoroughly love this episode because it's just so fun i fucking uh, hate the slitheen though really yeah i actually really enjoy this Levine. i think they're quite scary <laughs> they make me so uncomfortable but i don't that's the idea but i don't think they're scary i just think they're like gross Come to on. look at yeah no but like you see them chasing after you you'd be running the opposite direction they've got big massive freaking weird claws yeah what was the one with the man who had all the faces in his body oh the absorber love yeah uh, we'll get to that uh, <laughs> when we get to series two because i need to talk about that episode um <laughs> But Boomtown, I just it's it's always been a really fun ride, you know, you just see all of them together. It's like that that's the gang right there. Yeah. And it's the only time you ever see all four of them together and it makes me so sad, but also so happy. Um, and then there's like when the doctor brings Margaret the Slovenia to dinner. Um that whole conversation they have is some stellar writing from Davis. Like he's always been a talented writer, and that's just some of the best. Like, you know, um her talking to him about like his life and how he like he runs from death all the time, you know, he leaves destruction in his wake but never stays for the cleanup and stuff like that. Um But yes, getting on to the Absorber Loft uh, episode, that is series two episode Wait, wait, I'm trying to think of numbers. Um one, two, three, four, five, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 uh, episode 10 yeah series 2 episode 10 love and monsters which is quite a uh, contentious episode in the doctor who community yeah um do you like it brendan uh i don't i think it's so silly i think it's a ridiculously silly episode oh well here comes me with the opposite opinion i thoroughly enjoy that episode i really do um not I think the Absorber Law from Peter K is just, it's funny yeah. to look at. I always get a kick out of it because it's just so ridiculous. But what I've always loved about it is because Davis has always been the best at writing human stories. And like, well, just for writing characters. He has a real knack for writing characters and how developing them out. And with Love and Monsters, it's like you just get a big group. You get a bunch of characters you've never met before. Yet you really grow to like them. Yeah. Especially the main character, Elton. He's really likable and he's a really fantastic guy. And you just you feel from throughout the episode and everything he loses and stuff. Um, but it's also an episode to really show like the impact like the Doctor's life has on other people. Yeah. How even if they're on the periphery, there's still some damage there. Um, it's like Martha says in episode four. Uh, no, sorry, not episode four. In season four uh, or series four to Donna, she's like, you know, the, the Doctor is amazing, but he's like fire, stand too close, people get burned, and that's just a perfect description of who he is. Um, <sighs> Poor Donna, man. Poor Donna. <laughs> Fuck me. Donna was... I, I didn't like her too much in The Runaway Bride when she first came into it. Um, yeah. I felt she was a teensy bit annoying. Um, but then she really came into her own in Series 4. And Series 4 is, I believe, the strongest series of, uh, the, strongest series of the new, uh, of, the, of the revival. Because uh, it's, it's the most consistently strong. Second only to that would be series five, uh, Matt Smith's first series. Yeah, um, I would have said that. 
like I put it series four, series five, and then series one in terms of like overall consistent quality. Mm. Now, not my favorite. My favorite will always be series three. Uh, that's for personal reasons because that was the first series I came into. I started watching uh, in series three back in two thousand seven. My God, that was twelve years ago. Oh, that's oh, I feel old now. Where's the time go? I I like listening to you talk to, about Doctor Who really makes me in a way sad because, because I know more. <laughs> no, not because you know more. <laughs> but, but I do though. <laughs> right, but the thing is, I I used to be like this passionate about Doctor Who, like I I used to have like massive collections. I like had the books, I had the. The, like little comics that are, they released every week. I had loads of toys and I had like, like pretty much all the DVDs and I knew everything. But then you got old. Yeah, I got older and just kind of grew out of Doctor Who and forgot about it. And cause I was like, oh, it's not cool. I want to be cool. And it's, I really regret just letting go of all that information because it's something that makes you unique. And to know that much about something is like really to be passionate about something is really interesting. And I used to be so passionate about it. That and dinosaurs. And I've lost like pretty much everything I knew about it now. Again, it just it's And dinosaurs? No, I no, I still know quite a bit about dinosaurs, but What's your favourite? My favourite? Dinosaur. Dinonychus. Say it again? Dinonychus. Dinonychus, oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, I've always been a big fan of the Styracosaurus. Why? Because they're so cool looking. It's like a Triceratops, but with more horns. It's just the best. <clears throat> Dinonychus or Therizinosaurus? Spinosaurus. Nah, not sp- I'm, not, I'm not a Spinosaurus guy. Triceratops. Triceratops are pretty dope. Triceratops are cool. Um, okay, Parasaurolophus, pretty cool. Mm, Parasaurolophus is great. Are great. Um, uh, Compasigonthus, little Jurassic Park, completely over the top. Well, Jurassic Park wasn't entirely accurate with its dinosaurs. Um, yeah, but they... I didn't really care. No. It, it slightly frustrated me as a six-year-old, but I got over it pretty, pretty quickly because it was still a fun time. Um, but I, I could talk about dinosaurs all day. That's not what we're here Also, Postosuchus. Postosuchus is so cool. Isn't that a salad? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nah. Um, Big old crocodile salad. Why did you start watching Doctor Who? Uh... Me and my friend had a whole summer. Yeah. Um, and we wanted. Whole summer. Like I've had a lot of those. <laughs> I've had around nineteen. I've, I've only had one whole summer in my life. <laughs> Every other year, it's been winter. <laughs> the winter comes too fast. Nah. Uh, we had like a whole summer um, to just do whatever we wanted to. Yeah. So we decided to like watch Doctor Who. Just out of the blue. He's like, yeah, we'll watch this show. You see, we saw, we started watching it in 2005 when it first came out. You know, look at me, I started watching it in 2005. You were in 2007, right? That's because I was, I'm older than you. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, and we started watching it and we were like, what? Brandon's practically a granddad. He has a zoom frame and everything. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm 21 next week. What's that like? It's scary. Well, I'm 19 next week. Oh, Here's a fun fact. We have the same birthday. Yeah, we do, yeah. actually. That's... I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, my birthday is, like, my thing. You just take it away from me. I don't feel special anymore. Yeah, but it's not the same year, so... I'll give you that. But even still, it just... But April is, like... If you, the... if you, if you could go back in time, can you, like... <laughs> um, if you do go back in time... Can you like stop your mom from having birth, like for at least a day? I was actually uh, born too early. I was meant to be born on like in May. You son of a bitch! <laughs> so you just knew, didn't you? Like, oh, Ryan's <laughs> gonna be pissed off. <laughs> but um, no. Nah, the reason I got into Doctor Who was because we started watching the original series, and then we had or not the original series, we the new series, and then we had the whole summer, and so we went on Amazon and bought like I think. At least 50 DVDs. You knew what Amazon was when you were five or six? I was seven. Seven. I was also seven when I started watching Doctor Who. Yeah. Coincidence? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we went on Amazon, bought all the DVDs, and then we just like. I remember we were sitting down watching it on this portable DVD player, and it's. It was one of the episodes where it leaves you on this amazing cliffhanger where I think it's, it's Invasion of the Cybermen. I think it's the name of the episode.
Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Six nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. This is an editing note. Uh, couldn't reach you. Just wanted to say that uh, I got way too tired during the editing process. Since it's 10 to 1 a.m. Uh, so I've just decided to leave it in multiple channels. Uh, thanks. Uh, bye. What happens to the episode? Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's, it's the first time they ever come across the Cybermen. I think it's... In the show? Yeah. Overall? Or do you mean in the new series? In the old series. In the, in the old series. series. In the 10th planet. The 10th planet? Yeah. Is that Trout or is that... That was Hartnell. That was his regeneration story. Yes. Then, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Yeah. And so... I know I'm right. <laughs> one, uh, the companion, the male companion, go, or, no, he's not a male companion, but one of the guys just goes, watch out, doctor. And then there's like... Yeah, Steven Taylor. He's a male companion. He was like... And then the Cyberman fires and then it stops. And that's the cliffhanger. That's what it leaves you on. Yeah, the classic series always used to do cliffhangers per episode. Because like, if anyone doesn't know, um, with classic Who, it's a few episodes make up a whole story. Whereas with New Who, each episode is its own contained story. Yeah. Um, although there is two partners in the new series. Um, or in the case of um, uh, Series 10, there was a three-parter, um, which we don't really talk about. Well, we talk about it, but it was a mess. It had its moments. But like, that's the same as most episodes. Well, what's your least, which, what's your most hated episode of the new series? Oh, uh... <laughs> Peter Capaldi's first episode. No, I'm only messing. Deep breath, deep breath was good. No, um, there's one with Tennant I didn't like. The Idiot's Lantern? No. Uh, Unicorn and the Wasp. <laughs> no, uh, it's the one with Cassandra. Oh, New Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I hated New Earth. I hated that episode. New Earth is probably the worst opener for a series they've ever had. No! Second worst, I'd vote the the pilot. Um, not not not. You'd think for the pilot would be the first episode overall. No 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 no. The pilot was the, what they called season ten episode series ten episode one, and I hate it with passion because I think it's awful. Of course, I don't like series ten as a whole. I enjoy Bill. I think her character is well written. She's funny, yeah. um, and I like the dynamic between her and the Doctor. But series ten as a whole is incredibly weak. Um, I think it's some of the weakest writing except the finale makes up for it the finale the world in the time of the Doctor Falls is amazing however my only issue is I wish the Doctor regenerated at the end of the episode yeah. instead he didn't now he did meet the first Doctor that was okay but it would have been so much more powerful if he regenerated at the end of uh, the Doctor Falls you know what my favourite episode is but it's from the old series you can talk about that <laughs> favourite from the new series Okay. Can I include the movie, <laughs> Day of the Doctor? Well, yeah, that's part of the new series. All the specials are included, as long as they're part of the new series. Then we're... Day of the Doctor. Day of the Doctor? Really? Yeah. I just liked seeing Tennant and Matt Smith beside each other. That was terrific. I, um... The first time I saw Day of the Doctor, it was in the cinema. Yeah, same. Which cinema? Oh, no, it's like, gory, so... Oh, no, okay. Um... But uh, I, the first time I saw it, it was just the best. Um, then watching it again and again. What was that girl doing? What just, who? That girl was like waving her phone and walking like, yes. I don't know. Um, anyway, I saw it the first time in cinema, like the fan goggles were on. I went freaking crazy. Uh, 13 year old me was loving it. Um, but uh, then... <laughs> were you wearing I'm ashamed uh, but then uh, I'm watching it again and again I there's things I don't like about it oh. the biggest thing being the doctor saving Gallifrey that pissed me off so much yeah here's why oh Ryan's so, going in baby <laughs> so R Russell T. Davis comes back in the new series. He writes in that the Doctor committed genocide, destroying his whole planet and all the Daleks as well, because he had to, because mm. the Time War and the Time Lords turned pretty much evil, okay? And it was the only way he could end the war. That added a really new and interesting dynamic to the character, and it really helped develop him as a character and bring him further along in his story. Because mm. you'd think, where could this character go now? And he brought something new and unique to the mythos of the show, and it worked, and it worked well, True. okay? 
And the Doctor has been dealing with that for all the series. Like, even small parts where he's dealing with that whole issue. Then, Moffat completely... No, you see, it's established in the new series that the Time Lords turned evil towards the end of the war. They went insane because of the war, mm. okay? Uh, and you see that with the end of time, David Tennant's final two-parter. And then, again, you see that with The Night of the Doctor, that short, the short eight-minute episode, uh, mini-webisode with Paul McGann, oh, yeah. with his regeneration. Yeah. In that, you see Moffat understands that. Because, like, the girl, Cass, is like, um, the doctor's like, at least, I'm not, at least I'm not a Dalek. And then she's like, who can tell the difference anymore? So clearly Moffat understood what Davis was doing with it. Hmm. Yet he completely ignored it. And he made the Time Lords more, oh, just average people. And he didn't really, it's, it just frustrated me so much. That, that's the thing I hate about, like, I think one of the best and worst things to happen to Doctor Who is Moffat. Because he had some of the best stories before he was showrunner. Yeah. Even when he was showrunner, he had some good stories written, written there, like uh, the Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon, the Eleventh Hour. You know. Oh, the Eleventh um, Hour. The World Enough in Time, the Doctor Falls. He's a good writer. Yeah. Okay, but when he shits on the show like that and just completely dumps and makes a mockery of what the show is and what it's trying to do, it pisses me off. When he changes everything up like that, like with. Like, that is one of the best examples, the fact he changed the Doctor's story there. Second would be the hybrid thing from Series 9 that went nowhere. Um, Listen as well, I hated. Um, I thought Listen was overrated um, because at the end, oh, Clara somehow ends up on Gallifrey and gives the Doctor courage or something. There was one um, thing about... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Russell T. Davis, not Moffat, though. But in Tennant's era, they sort of gave him magical powers. And I wasn't a fan of that. What do you mean? Uh, like how he wipes down his mind or like can hold, suddenly hold back his regeneration, all this kind of stuff. I was like, ah, it's... Well, the Doctor can hold back his regeneration. Yeah, but... Twelve like, did it as well for a whole frickin' special. I know, but there was like a whole thing of Tennant's Doctor that he's like had these new sort of powers that like... I wasn't thinking... Just because the Doctor's never done before doesn't mean he can't do it. Yeah, I know. No, I know. There's also the whole thing that it, there was like <laughs> this whole thing that the doctor could never be a woman for like a load of reasons, and then now the doctor is a woman. Like I'm not against it, but like I just thought there was like there was a lot of writing to In show fact, time why. words can change gender. It's been established. There, there was a whole thing about why he couldn't. When? I think it's, it's definitely the classic series. You sure? I'm, I'm almost positive because I remember me and my friend having an argument about this because like I was saying oh you know I'd like the doctor to be a woman and he was like is that a hoover? no it's my computer overheating is that bad? no uh, I'll just turn on the fan um but yeah no I can I, I interfere I, with the sound? maybe no I shouldn't because we've been in the pals okay um Back to the Moffat thing. I wasn't finished. Uh, one of the worst defenders of that uh, is uh, the Series 9 opener, uh, The Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. That pissed me off as well. For like, It was it could have been such a good story. But the problem was they threw Missy in. They had Clara there, and they shouldn't have, because I, ha I hate Clara. I really do. Um, I think she's one of the worst companions. Of the, I, actually, no, she is the worst companion of the new series. And... I will take that to my grave with that conviction because I don't, know. I don't like her. I like the fact that she was started off as a Dalek. Well, that was no. That's. It, oh, I don't. Want to, I hate Clara. But I like Clara. Um, I fucking don't like Donna. You don't like Donna. I don't like Donna, and I don't. Why like, don't you like Donna? Because I don't like Catherine Tate. Why don't you like Catherine Tate? Because she's I, hilarious. She, she just annoys me. She's a bundle of joy. How dare you, sir? I don't like Catherine Tate. Okay. I will not acknowledge that because that upsets me. Uh, but back to the Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. Uh, the whole thing with that is like, there's this whole big thing, like it's 20 minutes at the start of the episode where they're trying to find the Doctor for some reason. And they get, like, you don't need Unit in there. You don't need Clara there. You don't need Missy there. Yeah. All you need is the Doctor. You don't even need the Daleks. All you need is the Doctor and Davros. That's all you really need in that story. Like the scenes with them together were some, some terrific acting, you yeah. know? Um, I genuinely love that, but that should have been, it should have been a more contained and small story. Because opening it up with the, with the dilemma of oh, Davros is the, uh, is the child that the Doctor needs to save. 
but does he save Davros because Davros makes the Daleks, you know? Yeah. The whole thing of does he let this child die, even though he knows he's going to grow up to be a maniacal madman, it's, that's a really, now they touched on it in the classic series, the genesis of the Daleks, when yes. the Doctor's going to destroy the Daleks and he's like, if, if you, if someone pointed out a child to you and said that child is going to grow up to be the most evil man in the world, could you do it? Could you kill the child? So using that was really clever yeah. uh, and I liked that. I felt it was really engaging. Um, and Moffat should have stuck with just the Davros aspect of the story. For sure, because um, Davros is definitely one of the best villains. Okay. Oh yeah, like some of the best scenes any Doctor has is when they're with Davros. Mm. Um, but like then the whole thing towards the end when Davros opens his eyes, I hated that. Yeah. Because no, what's better? A man that's been deformed from years and years of experimentation and war on his home planet, or oh, he just couldn't open his eyes. Yeah, I, I think I think it's that, more fat shitting on the mythos again. I think when I when I originally watched that, it made me angry as well. I was just like, no, no, what are you doing? It, that adds nothing to the story. There's no point in having it here. Uh, like Moffat has, he's a good writer. He he has proven that time and time again with some of my favorite episodes, like The Empty Child of Doctor Johnson, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, or my personal favorite, uh, the the Girl in the Fireplace. Like, he is a very talented writer, and he, when he really puts effort into it, he can do some great things, but when he messes up the show like that, it just, it, it, it upsets me so much. Yeah. Like, he's just, respect the fans, because without the fans, you don't have the show. But like, the um, fan, fan base is such an imperative part of Doctor Who, and I think exactly. a, lot, a lot of the, the team involved with Doctor Who know that. Like, Moffat himself is a fan. Like, the majority of people working on Doctor Who now are, oh, were of fans course. of the show. Especially, um, I think Matt Smith, I remember in an interview, said that, you know, he used to grow up watching the classic series um, as, like, reruns on the BBC. And then uh, he said, like, you know, oh, I'd always love to act as the Doctor. That'd be my dream. That was David Tennant. Was it David Tennant? Yeah, it was an interview at Rolling Stone. He said, the reason, me. He said the reason he became an actor was because he wanted to be the Doctor one day. That was his end goal. Oh. And he did that. And I'm glad he did that, because David Tennant will always be very close to my heart for that reason. I would like to formally apologise to the listeners this week. <laughs> I have done zero research on this topic, uh, because I've been doing a play all week, and also it's exam season. It's also as assignments finishing up and stuff, so I have just been like, I have had no time to myself. No time to do research at all. So I apologize if I seem ill informed this episode. I haven't done any research, but that's because I don't need to. Because as I said earlier, I, needed I pretty a much know Doctor Who. I like needed a refresher. I did need a refresher. You know, I needed a bit of a just to just to kind of get everything going again. You know what I mean? Yes. Favorite Doctor. Um, Old or new? Yeah, you, whichever. I should mind. Okay. Uh, Tom Baker. Why? Jelly Babies. Jelly Babies, that's it. Just for the sheer fact he likes Jelly Babies. No. I like Jelly Babies too. Wait, Jelly Babies? Isn't that a salad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like the fact that he... I feel like he really portrayed well that the Doctor had, like, no fear for his... His version of the Doctor was really fearless. Yeah. Like, in the face of adversity and danger, it's some of the biggest and baddest villains. Yeah. He just goes... What the jelly baby? I like when the doctor's afraid, though. It sort of makes things more tense. Yeah, I guess. But I, I, I do get where you're coming from. Tom Baker is. I've always said, whenever debates of this come up, like who's the best doctor? I'll first say it doesn't matter because it's the same person. Um, but then, if I really had to, I believe the best is Tom Baker because he is what the doctor should be. Yeah. Um, it was not my favorite because I always need to make. Because I always find people never make the distinction between best and favorite. They always get those two muddled up, and they say that their best, they say that their favorite is the best. Yeah, no, um, Tom Baker is my, my favorite. He just happens to be the best. Yes. Um, my favorite will always be David Tennant um, for a few reasons. Firstly, it's because he was, my, he was my first doctor. And secondly... He was my first. Yes, he was. <laughs> okay, you never forget your first. <laughs> True. It's so funny. Good. It's like uh, you know, sexual innuendo there, right? Yes. Oh God, I'm I'm oblivious to that. Um, Jesus Christ! Seriously? Yeah, I'm I'm what you call sheltered. <laughs> in a way, um, but not just that. I feel like 
David Tennant is, and you can fight me on this if you disagree, David Tennant is definitely the best actor to take on the role. Oh, he, without a doubt, like, he has the most prestige of any actor to play the Doctor. And the most range. Yeah. Like, that man can do anything. Like, you see him in Broadchurch, how serious he is, and then you watch him in, in Casanova, and you think that's not the same person. Or even his performance as Jessica Jones, Hamlet. Kilgrave. Oh, his performance as Hamlet. Oh, I've seen that so many times. I've watched it online so many times. I love it so much. Um, and I'm not even a big fan of Hamlet. I think it's a slightly overrated Shakespeare play. Um, it has its moments. There's one line in particular I quite love. Um, Nothing is good or bad, um, but thinking makes it so. Yeah. I'm fond of that line. Um, and also the soliloquy, you know, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether well, it is nobody in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Ghost is a serious, seriously underrated character in Hamlet, for sure. I, d- I don't like Hamlet, though, too much. Um, I only like it for David Tennant. I'm, I'm more of a fan of, um, my, my favourites are Macbeth and A Midsummer Night's Dream. And Othello, um, they're my top three Shakespeare mm-hmm. plays. Um, he was also allegedly born on uh, the same day as uh, us two, so that's fun. Holy shit. Uh, uh, him and John Cena. Uh, oh. And um, what's her name? The, the model. Uh, I can't remember. Did you know that uh, on the 23rd of April 1998, uh, James Earl Ray, the person who assassinated. Did uh, MLK. Uh, yeah. Key, yeah. Died. So the guy who assassinated MLK died <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> Good for him. Glad he's dead. Uh, not MLK, the guy who killed him. I'm so glad I'm okay is dead. Uh, no. Um, Ryan's a racist. I am not. Okay. <laughs> uh, how dare you, sir. Um, speaking of that, let's talk about series 11. Um, because there is an episode that does involve uh, deal with racism, which is Rosa, which is quite a... It was one I was really excited for. Because I'm a massive American history nerd. Um, I... Is everything okay? Yeah, I might have to... We might have to make this episode 45 minutes. Isn't that a salad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, can, I can work with that. Um, okay. So, just uh, getting through the uh, Series 11 debate. Um, I... Rosa is... I was really excited for this because I'm a big American history nerd. I love American history. I don't know why. It's like, it's just that specific branch of history I'm obsessed with. Now, I love all history. Yeah. But it's American history in particular is like my niche. Um, and I was thoroughly excited for this because they were going to deal with the Montgomery bus boycott and like Rosa Parks and like, you know, the kickoff of that with Rosa Parks and like sitting on the bus. It's like, you probably know the story. It's really famous, you know. Uh, she was asked to move from her seat. She refused. She took a stand by sitting down. Yeah, um, she was an inspiration, an amazing woman, and she's one of my heroes. Let's um, start, that started the civil rights movement. Well, no, it's not the start of the civil rights. Well, it's like it's one when... of the most impactful events of the civil rights. Well, yes, it's it's when things got serious. Yeah. Because like before that, they did, they did try a few like, because you had um, I don't want to get into this in too much detail because I've never stopped. But you had like begin emerging the civil rights um, acts and issues trying to be resolved with Truman. He tried to do stuff. Um, he was restricted with his. Um, but anyway, no, he tried to do some stuff. There was the beginning of army desegregation. Which eventually um, Eisenhower went fully through. But it's but yes, the most Im- one of the most important uh, uh, events for the civil rights movement was Rosa Parks doing that because um, the uh, uh, um, not um, uh, the NAAC the NAACP and uh, the Na- um, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People uh, used her case to push forth the um, civil rights movement in the South, um, which was. Anyway, yes, it was crucial. <laughs> but, uh, I, I could go into a lot more detail, but I, I don't have the time, unfortunately. Um, this episode was... It wasn't as good as, as I was hoping it to be. Of course, Series 11 wasn't as good as I was hoping it to be. Because when I found out Jodie Whittaker was doing the job, I was so excited. Because she is... She was, she's a really good actor, okay? Yeah. She did a, she did a great performance on Broadchurch. Her uh, stint as Antigone in the stage production of Antigone, opposite Chris Rexon, was phenomenal. And I was so excited for her to do this. Um, but then it just let me down because the scripts are just like the writing in series 11 is the worst I have ever seen. I would like to put out a disclaimer that I have not watched uh, season 11. I know, the viewers don't. Well, listeners. Yeah, listeners. Audience? The audience. Because unless you're 
blind listening to this, in which case I do apologize for being insensitive of your disability. Um, audience, yeah, we'll call it, we'll just say audience to encompass everyone because uh, I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, that's not who I am. But series 11 has some of the worst writing of the show and it just annoys me so much because it could have been so good. Like Bradley Walsh is definitely the best thing about the series. Look, genuinely, he is my favorite character from the series. Really? He gives a top-notch performance and he is a bundle of joy and anyone who hurts him will be on my list of people I don't like. Uh, but he was definitely the standout performer from the series. Um, Jodie Whittaker tried her best. I knew she, I, I could see she was trying, mm. but the scripts just weren't doing her any favours. Yeah. And it just wasn't working. Um, now, there is two episodes of series 11. I thir- no, actually, back to Rosa for just a sec, why I don't like it. Um, it has moments. I felt like the villain was really weak and underdeveloped. And then at the very end, like the doctor is given a big long lecture about Rosa Parks. And like the, the way all, all the companions are standing in a really awkward position, staring at a monitor. And it feels so unnatural and awkward. And it's like, no. Yeah, the doctor gives knowledge and stuff. Like it was originally written as a show to teach kids about uh, history and science. Mm. So I don't mind the lecturing aspect. But when you're hitting us over the head with it, I think it's unnecessary. Oh, yeah. It kind of annoys me. It's like, you know, like you, you can fit that information into the narrative instead of giving it a big, long spiel at the end. It's just lazy writing. Um, but there are two episodes I really enjoyed. Uh, Kerblam and It Takes You Away. Kerblam in particular because it has Lee Mack and he's one of my favourite comedians because I think the guy's hilarious. And uh, he, because I just, oh, I think Lee Mack is so funny. Like he, he had this show, uh, uh, Take Me Out. No. Take Me Out, no. Was it Take Me Out? Um, uh, take Me Out's a dating show. Yeah, no, it's not Take Me Out. Um, not Going Out, Not Going Out. Yeah. That's it. Um, that, it was at the like, start of semester one last year. Uh, well, not last year, it started semester one. Yeah, last semester. <laughs> the start of semester one, last semester. Um, I just started watching it because I wanted to get as much Lee Mac content as I could. Because that's what happens when I discover someone and I like them. Same. I eat, well, I, I consume everything I can in a minute. Um, uh, I just thought, oh, I'll watch this show, see what it's like. I'm like that with Andrew Garfield. That's, that's fair. Yeah, Andrew Garfield is good. Um, he's actually in Doctor Who. Did you know that? Oh, he yeah. is. Yeah, he, he was in the Dalek two-parter in series three. Yeah, um, it was a, he was a, he didn't do much in the role, but it was nice to see him. He played Frank, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, Lee Mack, uh, not going out. Um, it's, it's it's okay. It's it, it's really funny. Uh, like Lee Mack is the one who really carries the show. Hmm. Like it's really low brow writing. Like like for overall, like it's not the most intricate or detailed like television show in the world. But it's 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 a good laugh. The first five series in particular, after series five, just goes downhill because then Tim Vine leaves and just it gets messy. Who's your favorite yeah. comedian? Just out of curiosity. James A. Caster. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's a pretty nice guy. James A. Caster, he is what you know him. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, he, uh, what's his show? Like, James A. Caster Solves or something like that? Oh, yeah, uh, him and Josh Woodicum are doing a show on uh, um, Dave now called Hypothetical. Um, and he does this, like, thing called Classic Scrapes as well. No, he is. He is like I saw like a. He has a podcast. I saw um, a thing on Facebook where he like uh, solves people's problems. I'd never trust James A. Castle to solve my problems. I love the man, but if you know if you know him, I know then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you wouldn't get him to solve your problems. Nah, okay? I, I, you'd see, did you ever see him on Taskmaster? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not going to solve my. Rod problems. Gilbert on Taskmaster is top notch. Who's your favorite comedian? My favorite comedian. Uh, I have three that are on equal levels for me. Okay, give me three. Bo Brandon. Okay. Yeah. Russell Howard. Yeah. Lee Evans. They all make sense as to who you are. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that you like all three. Um, my top three are uh, number one, Jamie Lancaster, number two, John Mulaney, and number three, uh, Norm MacDonald. John Mulaney is a good comedian, actually. Yeah. John, John, John Mulaney is terrific. Um, but getting back onto the Doctor Who thing. Um, why do you like the show? Uh, I like Doctor Who for the same reason I like film and TV. For the same reason that I want to be a filmmaker. It's an escape. But Doctor Who gives me a particular type of escape. Yeah. Like, it's the, the universe building, the sheer immersion you can get from, from Doctor Who is not 
Like, you wouldn't get that from anything else. You can't get that from anything else, in my opinion. Like, when I was a little kid and I would watch Doctor Who, I... How little? Oh, like, seven. No, like, your height. Oh, like, (laughs) I don't know. It's like four foot. Isn't that a salad? (laughs) Four foot salad, wow. Yeah. um, Yeah, Subway's doing them now. (laughs) Four foot salads. Jesus. Yeah. But, Um, no, I think when I was a kid... They're not. Don't eat it, Subway. When I was a kid, uh, it, it just gave me this whole ability just to like forget about where I was, what was going on, and just completely immerse myself in a reality that wasn't the one I was living in. But it felt like I was in this reality. I think that's why I got into Doctor Who. It's why I, I love Doctor Who. And I think when I grew up, or grew out of it, I think the reason I grew out of it is because I had to, I felt like I had to be... Go into the real world? Yeah. Yeah, you should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in growing up. Growing what, up. what about you? I Doctor Who means so many different things to me. It's really hard to put into words, but I'm gonna try because that's who I am. I'm a talker. Um, in case you hadn't already guessed, <laughs> um, oh, Doctor Who. It's I first started watching it because I I I really I saw the toys on shelves and I thought, oh, they're really cool. I want to see them on screen. So then I started watching the show out of sheer curiosity um, because of the toys and the fact that they were really cool. And then I fell in love and like the show just consumed me. And it was all I would watch. It was all I didn't like. I could live like missing episodes of cartoons and all that stuff. I, I mostly just, my, my childhood was just watching television. That's, that, like, that's all it was. Like watching all those kids shows, cartoons, Disney, Nick, all, Nickelodeon, all that. Um, but Doctor Who was the one that was that was the one constant. It was the one thing that was always there. No matter what happened in my life, no matter where I was or what I was doing, Doctor Who would always be the thing that was there for me. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, it was always comforting in a way. And just like those stories, just getting so caught up in them. And like, it was just so wonderful and fantastic. Yeah. And I just, oh, there's so many things. Like the first thing I ever said to my, my, my best friend, was 10 or 11 this is the first time I'd ever met them before uh, like the first time I'd ever met them and I asked them one question 10 or 11 you know in regards to the 10th or 11th doctors yeah. and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship which has lasted to this day it's been what four or five years now <laughs> four um, or five days now and it's still going and they are a wonderful human being um, but Doctor Who is just I don't I, it's it really is difficult to say how much this show means to me. And I, I know I... Like, so many things have shaped me and who I am. And a good bit of that is the media I consume. Oh. And Doctor Who is the biggest chunk of that. Yeah, you can pretty you can tell quite easily. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can tell you're very influenced by the Doctor as a whole. Yes, I, I really am. Um... I, I know I idolized him. He, he was my, he was and is my hero. He, he's everything I want to be. You know, yeah. he's he's charming. He's fantastical. He's so knowledgeable. He's um, he's just no. Obviously, not the whole genocidal crazy parts of him. No, but like that's there we are. You um, know, I feel had my life not taken such a bad turn when I was your age, we would be very similar people. <laughs> we wouldn't be so contrasting. Yeah, that's fair. But you never know what happens in life. Like Doctor Who shows us, it's unpredictable. <laughs> Any, anything can happen. One minute you can be talking to Queen Victoria, the next you're fighting a werewolf. Um, which actually is an episode, if you don't know. No, I don't. Hey. No, no, I know, I know you know. How, how about this, Ryan? Because I know I was, but were you ever as a kid, sitting in your bed or lying in your bed at night, just hoping that you'll hear the noise of the TARDIS outside? I had a fantastical imagination, but I wasn't stupid. <laughs> you, you never, it was fictional. you never just dream that the TARDIS might come and actually be real and one day take you away. No, I wished it was. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I've always wished like I don't know, like yeah, the Doctor was real, I'd be his companion, or if I had a TARDIS myself and I could travel off to anywhere I wanted in time and space, um, that would be amazing. Because like just being, as I said, the history buff I am, um, I would just, I would eat that shit up. I'd go back to some of the biggest events in history and just sit and watch them. 
Yeah. Um, I just, I would love that. Get a first-hand experience of all of this. It would be amazing. Where would you want to go? Me? In history. Modern or ancient? Or just anywhere in history? Anywhere in history. Oh, um, I, there's two places I'd love to go. Yeah. I'd love to go to the early Cretaceous period. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where would you love to go? The early Cretaceous period. I'd love to go. Hey there, I, Alan Grant. <laughs> I know, I'd love to go to the early Cretaceous and actually just see dinosaurs in person and then like, Run. Run. Yeah. Uh, like do Homer Simpson does, I accidentally step in the bug and ruin the whole uh, universe. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd love to go to where I live at home, um, but during the Viking era, to, to secondhand witness the Viking invasion of Ireland. Oh, and see all the Vikings. Who's your favourite Viking? Ragnar Lothbrok. Isn't that a salad? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Lodbrok. The show Vikings, the main yeah. character Ragnar Lodbrok, yeah. is based off a real life person called Ragnar Lodbrok. Who He's was... now Leif Erikson. Leif Erikson? Yeah. yeah. Leif Erikson Day, uh, October 9th, every year. I celebrate it constantly because SpongeBob does. <laughs> it's October 9th. Here, I will double check just to make sure. Um, yeah, well, we got to end the podcast soon. Uh, 46 seconds ago well okay I have one closing question before we uh, wrap this whole thing what would be your dream Doctor Who story one you'd love to see not one you'd like to write one you'd love to see huh. yeah, take your time <laughs> No, I've never been asked this question. It's like... Yeah, Leaf Erickson is October 9th. I'm on my holidays. Um, come on. One you'd love to see. I suppose in a, in a weird sort of messed up way, I'd like to see the Doctor die. I would agree for the one reason, one reason only, is that I don't want the show to outlive me. Yeah. I really am terrified. That's the one... People ask me, what am I afraid of? The one thing I'm afraid of is Doctor Who outliving me. <laughs> Genuinely. It's very possible. It's very, very possible. It's the longest running sci-fi show. I know. I know these things. BBC, if you're listening, uh, two things. One, I want to write for Doctor Who. And two, after I write for it, can you stop it? Because <laughs> I don't want to outlive me. Just be, um, just be such a bad writer that you end the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. Oh, I don't want to be the guy that killed Doctor Who. I feel awful. But I feel like, um, before I tell you my dream story, um, when the Doctor falls, that ending, I felt that would have been a good ending to the show. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like if the Doctor, like, in lying in the tower, just remembers all his past companions and stuff, flashback to all of them, instead of just the new series ones, and then he dies, that would have been a good way to end the show. And don't get me wrong, I love Bradley Walsh in Series 11, and I'm glad he exists. Um, but I feel like you ended there. I wouldn't have minded too much. I would have been happy. That's 60, no, 50, 54, 55 years of the show. I'd be happy with that. No, no problem there. Um, but I'm glad you asked. My dream story <laughs> um, would be, I, I've always loved, I actually uh, wrote the fan fiction for this. Uh, yeah, I did. Like I, fan fiction or yeah. like fan fiction? No, fan fiction. Okay, it's, good. I, I don't do all that. Um, stuff beginning with the S word. <laughs> That's nasty. Savings. <laughs> Savings. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't save money. I don't. I barely have any money to save. <laughs> <laughs> you can't save what you don't have. <laughs> um, like yeah, occasion. Like yeah, my, my, my the, the biggest books I get are for my birthday or Christmas or whatever. That's it. Um, Anyway, um, will be I, I wrote I wrote this uh, story. Um, it's uh, where like the doctor, like the modern one of the modern doctors, um, ten or eleven, whichever, um, goes back to the classic uh, era of unit with the brigadier and uh -huh. Sergeant Benton and stuff, and like fights the sea devils because one the sea devils haven't been back since the eighties, and I really want them to come back. That'd be great, actually. And two, now the thing is, it can never be done in the show for the main reason that Nicholas Courtney, the who played the brigadier, sadly passed He's away dead, in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Um, I would just love that you know unit calls up the doctor 
but obviously it gets the wrong doctor. Uh, like like a River Song called the Doctor in Silence of the Library, but she gets one that's ever met him before. Um, the same way, like you know, like that's that's what I wrote, and like it's you know uh, the one of the new series. I think I I wrote it for eleven, but I want to change it to I want to rewrite it and do it for ten because there's that whole period when he you know um, between the Waters of Mars and the End of Time when he just went on a few adventures, so I could fit it in there you know because I don't want him and his companion. I like the doctor on his, you know, the doctor and the brigadier alone, just yeah. those two. Because, like, he was mentioned a few times in the new series, and then he came back uh, just for the series of Jane Adventures. Um, that's what I love. But this episode, unfortunately, has to come to an end because Brendan is. What, what do you do? I'm doing a play. Brendan's uh, playing what play? The Room by Tommy Wiseau. Isn't that a salad? <laughs> <laughs> Just to end it, Ryan, because both of our birthdays are coming up, what would you like for your birthday? I'm not going to get you anything, I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how lovely of you. Um, I actually don't like getting things for my birthday. Like, the only thing I genuinely adore getting for my birthday is... Is your girlfriend back? <laughs> so sorry. No, I don't want my ex-girlfriend back. Um... I, the only thing I, 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 I enjoy getting for my birthday is like uh, meaningful birthday cards. So ones that are like, um, have meaningful messages in them. I know it sounds really cool. No, I'm the same. Especially handmade ones. Okay, same. Okay, I changed my answer. <laughs> I, I really, 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 really would like... I'd really like... A um, dinosaur. <laughs> Likewise, and with that, <laughs> we yes, get and it. With that. And with that, we have come to the end. You know, we hit our usual time of around 50 minutes anyway, so it's okay. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you for listening.